We thank you for another opportunity to minister your word. Now, Lord, I don't plan to shortchange your people I've studied. And I know this word is in season as we have people who are eradicating $200,000 worth of debt and couples getting debt free and the vision has come to pass. It, it's happening in the lives of the saints and Lord, it's happening in our church. And uh, so I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, unashamedly that I will minister to some of the rich, richest Christians alive today. That's, that's my disposition, that as they get these revelations down on the inside, they're going to bear great fruit in this life and be blessed so that they can be a blessing. Use me for your glory. Deliver and set free your people relative to the gospel of prosperity. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, somebody give God great glory. Amen. I've done it, but let's give one more roar to my sweet wife this morning. I thank God for her. Amen. Got a good wife. I got beautiful children whom I love too. Everybody. And I love my sweet mother-in-law and just everybody. And uh, while we had it, I love little Reggie. He came with fire today. Reggie is on fire. Reggie came in church clapping. He was here about 5.45 this morning, came down the hallway. He was clapping, and uh, so I, I love Reggie because uh, he always is on fire, um, and we praise God for him. He's got good parents, doesn't he? Amen. Amen. I'm excited. I'm going to get in the Word, but I'm going to be relational. I thank God for these babies around the church. I do. I, it, it, that's a sign of a growing church. Joe and Nicole's little guy, Joshua, and, uh, you know, and there are others that I won't mention everybody. I saw uh, CJ back there. He took up two seats. And, uh, so we got to get that brother his own role. And, uh, and I see uh, uh, Sister Shayla who's going to have a uh, little Shayla with pigtails real soon walking around the church. And, you know, I, just, I love that. I love babies. I, I have a, a selfish motives when it comes down to the Grace House. Because I want to fill it up, because really I want to go play with the babies. Now, that will be my assignment. Y'all can do the Bible studies. I want some of my ladies to teach the women. Uh, but then I want to go and I want to play with the babies, because I just, I love babies. And uh, I've always had a problem when it comes down to babies. I'm delivered in every area. But when I see a baby, I want to gum them. And uh, I'll be over that soon, but y'all pray for me. So we've already prayed. I love you this morning. I think this word is going to help you. What do you say we jump right in? Okay. If you'll get your Bible, your pen, and your pad, say cool, and let's just have a good time in the name of the Lord. Okay. And we're going to just take the gloves off, y'all, and we are on Pledge Sunday. All right. So Pledge Sunday is that time where we prepare for the big drop on the ministry. Uh, Sister Pam spoke prophetically. Not long ago, earlier this year, where the Lord said, prepare for capital campaign. Uh, he didn't say prepare for supersede Sunday. We did that. It was great. But it was as if he was saying, make special preparations for this. Because uh, I believe that there will be supernatural advancement towards the ministry's total debt freedom. Okay. Now, the Lord has blessed us. We've built two buildings debt free, uh, finishing the second one and, and all those kinds of things. But I believe that uh, it, it is time for us to have it all gone in every quadrant to the glory of God. And so 
That is, that is a, an unveiled motive that's connected to this. And I'll give you my subject and take the mystery out of it. And for the first time in a long time, I'm really going to preach what will fit into two series at the same time. If you were here in the beginning of the year, we told you we would be preaching rich towards God all year long. Y'all remember that? And so I'm going to preach a little bit of that. That's going to be in your CD jacket with this tape in it. And uh, last week we started a mini series called Faith Technicalities. And uh, so we're going to do Faith Technicalities Part 3. And uh, today I want to talk about the ratio of return. I want to help you to understand the ratio of return as a subtopic. Again, we're talking about rich towards God. So let's put a theme verse. There are probably a hundred of these I could have picked from. But, let you know, first, uh, uh, first, let's go to Mark 4 and 20. They'll throw it on the screen. And since we're talking about ratio of return, let's just set you up for where I plan to be midway into this message. The Bible says when Jesus began to describe the most fundamental component of the kingdom, uh, the most fundamental component of the kingdom is that of seed time and harvest. He said to the disciples, he said, it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But uh, somewhere around verse number 13 on down, he makes a point to them. He says, if you don't understand this revelation, how will you understand the others? This is the most fundamental. Uh, element of the kingdom and most fundamental relative to the word being sown in our spirit and it sprouts and it grows and and we grow in a particular area of our life it could be the word relative to health and healing the more you hear it the more it grows the word relative to marital satisfaction the more you hear it the more your marriage can grow and blossom but by the same token and probably the easiest way to understand this is the word relative to your finances that is, Genesis 8 and 22, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. Most fundamental kingdom principle that you can learn, and you got to learn that one before you can understand any of the others. But he gives us a wonderful uh, rollout for the ratio on your return. Just so you know, the word ratio means how much of this when I put in how much of this? How much of that do I get when I put in how much of this? If uh, the ratio, uh, if you will, of, of single men to single women is 1 to 15, that means for every one man, there's 15 women. Y'all get that point? All right. So it not only means uh, reciprocity, how much I put in, how much I get out relative to what I put in and what I get out, but it is simply, uh, could be viewed as a, a type of formula or comparison, the ratio of this to that, all right, uh, relative to, to understanding that word. So with that in mind, what then is the ratio, amen, of return on a seed? Well, the Bible gives it to you. He says, but to those that are sown on what kind of ground? Good ground. We're going to deal with that today. Those who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. He begins to divvy out the ratio off of those words. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. Now, how many of you know I want to be in the 100? 30 ain't bad. 60 is great. But if I can get in the 100, I'll take the 100. 100, God's highest yield, God's highest ratio. 
And we're going to deal with that as we go. But before we get to the meat of today's lesson, let's review the principle of a technicality and how you learn it and how it comes into fruition. Over in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 2, the Bible would read, Grace and peace be multiplied to you and the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us how many things? All things. How many things can you get by his divine power? All things. Is money a thing? Is a job, could it be construed as a thing? Is revelation knowledge in God's word somewhat of a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A person that you need in your life or one in your life, that is a thing. The desire to have a child is a thing. A baby is a thing. Well, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, but these things come through the knowledge. The knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. They don't just come because you're saved. They come because you know something about the methods of the God that saved you. All right. You are working his kingdom methods. You're doing something that he prescribed in a particular area. And the more you do that thing, the more you are apt to manifest, for example, healing. If faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God, well, if I'm battling in my body in a particular area, guess what? I'm going to spend a lot of my free time doing, listening to the word relative to what? Healing. Because what do I need in my life? I need healing and I need the knowledge. Now, I already got the power, but I need the knowledge as to how to maneuver and manifest that healing in my life. Bible says he gives your hands power to get wealth. You got power to do it, but if you don't know by what track to do it on or what you should be in, is that right, Brother Mitchell? You can't manifest what God will want you to have. You're saved, you're going to heaven, but because you don't have knowledge in a particular area, you're missing it in that area. And in Hosea 4 and 6, don't turn there. You know it by heart. My people are destroyed due to a... Lack of knowledge. We all know that. Well, here it shows up again by his divine power. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, but it's going to come to us through the what? Through the knowledge. All right. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And, you know, we could stop there, but I just my eye just glanced on my iPad and I just want to read verse number four by which we have been has been given to us. Do y'all see that? Exceedingly. Great and precious promises? Do y'all see that? If I get the knowledge of his divine power and how it works, there are exceedingly great and precious promises that will manifest in my life. A happy marriage is an exceedingly great and precious promise. A bank account that has more than enough to meet my needs and desires and support somebody else too, as the Lord would would design me to do, is a precious promise. I mean, having uh, the, 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 the wonderful uh, things that come with life and godliness are all precious promises. Paul said he has freely given us all things in another chapter. He's freely given us all things. But these things are going to come through the knowledge. Now, as we go more in the direction of faith, finances, and money today, let's just make it as a point of understanding that lack is bondage. Where there is lack, there is bondage. How many of you would agree with that? 
Every one of us in this room at a point in our life probably, I can't assume, but probably has experienced a point of lack at some point. And when you experience that, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. It, it, it set you back emotionally because in many ways that lack impeded upon perhaps someone else you loved. One of the probably scariest pieces of news that came through a couple of months back was when mamas heard that there wouldn't be enough formula. Well, what, 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 what is that a threat to? Your baby. <laughs> and that's lack. But just a lot, ladies, if you use what God gave you, that's just a lot. You don't have to worry about formula shortages ever. Amen. You know, pastor, mine don't work the way they say, lay your hands. Get your husband, lay your hands. Come on, we being tactful. And call it forth by faith. You'll have all the formula you need. So I say amen. But the point still remains, if there is no production, amen, now a child that I genuinely love could go hungry. Lack is threatening. Lack is a killer. Poverty is a killer. If you don't think poverty is a killer, it's not just about you not having a car to drive and clothes to wear. Come on, Americanized Christianity. Let's go to our dear brothers and sisters in third world countries, amen, who have what we see so often, and I say compassionately, the bloated babies with the flies going in their eyes and, and, the, and, the, and the sickness and the same water they defecate in is the same water they have to drink and their life expectancy is very thin. You know what, that child? Lack. Lack did that. Poverty does that. And poverty and lack is in place because of man's selfishness. There's enough food in this world to feed 10 armies 11 times over. Even our fast food restaurants throw out food by the groves. Anybody ever work part-time in high school? Yeah, by the groves every day. But man's selfishness, amen, has caused lack. But back to the point, poverty and lack is bondage. But I love something that uh, Proverbs 11 and 9 says, amen. It says that through knowledge, the righteous would be delivered. Do y'all see that in the B clause? Through knowledge, the righteous would be delivered. In other words, I, once I learned God's kingdom system relative to poverty and lack, can satisfy the technicality necessary so that I no longer have to be in the bondage of lack. And in fact, I can move into some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. I can get into my ratio of return. Can I just break open the reality and the revelation of today's message? For every dollar you place into the kingdom of God, you're supposed to get 100 back. That is the literal ratio of return. That's today's topic. Minimally, you should get 30 back. Medium, you should get 60 back. But for every dollar that goes into the kingdom, you're supposed to get 100 back. But the spirit of lack and the lack of knowledge has caused even the righteous to remain in bondage in that category. And I'm going to tell you, the church did it to itself because you got more churches coming against prosperity than you have for it. (laughs) You got more Christians arguing why God doesn't heal everybody than you have people who believe Isaiah 53 and 5, which says, and by his stripes we were healed. We got more believers that come against that, quote-unquote believers, than we have people who just embrace it. 
But the gospel, by definition, is good news. So why would I want to come against the very thing that's going to change my health and my wealth? That can't be nothing but the devil. And how many of y'all know he's not allowed to stay? So we're going to be transformed today by the what? Renewing of our mind. Because for every dollar I put in the kingdom, amen, in my future, there is a hundred dollar return. <laughs> what is the ratio of return? I mean, come on, for every card that I placed in my pastor's hand that had 320 in it and $500, every dollar of that money placed in the ground of a man of God ought to come back a hundred times. For the $10,000 I stood up and gave on a teacher's salary, every, every, every dollar of that, as it relates to my spiritual future, is in my heavenly bank account, and it's due in any day now. And I got good news. Today, you're going to find out how to pull it in. Somebody shout hallelujah about that. <laughs> Glory to God. Through the knowledge, the righteous would be delivered. So how do you pull it in? And before we get there, let's just let's just break this thing down. Look at Hebrews chapter four and let's understand again the principle of a technicality. And and I believe it's verse number one. But uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter four, verse number one. I love this. Love it. Love it. Love it. Bible says, therefore, since a promise remains, everybody say a promise remains. Somebody say, I got seed in the ground. Therefore, a promise remains. You got the seed of prayer in the ground. The promise of manifestation remains. You got the seed of faith in the ground. The promise of manifestation remains. You got the seed of money in the ground. Therefore, a promise remains of entering his rest, which is God's provision, which is God's manifestation. Here is the technicality lesson. Stay with me. Let us therefore fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Anybody ever came up short? Yes. Let us, though, fear so that you don't come short of obtaining that $100 for every dollar. Let us fear. Now, is God saying, ooh, be afraid of God. Oh, God, be afraid of what he's going to do to you. Be afraid. Be in fear. Well, that applies in certain categories. I do fear God, but this is the fear that is I reverence God. I reverence God, but it goes deeper. I fear not only in reverencing God, I fear not that I have the spirit of fear, but this word fear is I'm careful to pay attention to all of God's precepts so that I don't miss getting what he has for me. Let us therefore be careful to study out how to harvest so you can harvest. Let us fear. Let us be careful to cleanse our wives with the washing of the water of the word so that she stays clean. Let us be careful, amen, to raise our kids up in the fear and the ammunition of the the Lord so that they have a long life and so that it is well with them. Let, Let us be careful to dot every I and cross every T so that we don't leave any promise unobtained. Now, this is going to help you, and this is my apologetic statement of the day. Many of you have been robbed of manifestation, and particularly those of you who go to another church where they preach hyper-grace. 
Because what hyper grace did to you is it caused you to become laxed and paying attention to your Christianity. If you feel like God's going to do it anyway, why fulfill any requirement? If it's going to come in the past anyway, what's the use in living holy? There's no need to live holy because hyper grace has taught me, amen, God loves me and God's going to do it. Well, God loves everybody's in hell. God loves everybody that has missed him. But the truth is, the anti-hyper grace right doctrine is you can miss God. And not only can you miss God relative to your eternity, but you can miss God relative to a manifestation that he wants you to have something that he wants to get into your life, amen, and because of hyper grace, you are void of a prayer life, you don't study your Bible, you don't require yourself to live right, there's a difference between righteousness and holiness, those are two different things, you are righteous by Jesus, Jesus makes you righteous, you are not saved of your own works, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, you can't save yourself on your best day, but you are to be holy as he is holy. No good thing will I withhold from them that walk up right before me, which means I need to be fearing and careful about walking up right because Isaiah 119 teaches me that if I am willing and obedient, that's what makes me rich. I eat off the good of the land. So yes, it's about holy living and it's about Christian character, but come on, faith technicality, it's about releasing your faith and paying attention to what the Bible says relative to any key area of deficit in your life. That was just a fancy way of saying whatever you're missing, you need to be careful to dig it out so that it can come by faith. Careful to study it out. Careful to pay attention to that. Let me show you one that I am 100% positive. When I say 100% positive, and I'm going to be liberal in my calculation, that at least 80% of the people in this room do not have the revelation relative to money. I'm 80% positive, that 100% positive, that 80% of the people in this room don't have the revelation of Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And I'm getting ready to show you that technicality. So turn there. And on your way there, raise the hand that's not turning the Bible if you're a tither. All right. You are a tither. You officially tithe. Okay? Very good. All right. So if we're careful that a promise is not left unobtained, let's look at this. And this is not a place of unwarranted scrutiny. What this is is, is a place just to bring to light that revelation of how I got to be fearful, which is careful to pay attention, lest a promise be unattained. So let's take the fundamental basics of tithing. And right now, I'm not talking to people who don't tithe. This is not your lesson. I'm talking to folk who obey God and actually tithe, but there is a promise that is still left unobtained. This is what the Bible says. It says, bring all of the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be grace houses, that there may be television ministry, that there may be staff salaries and benevolence as appropriate, that there may be food in my house. And don't test me, but try me now 
in this, how careful do I need to do, be? I need to try him now in this. How many people qualified for that today? All right. Check that box. Saith the Lord of hosts. <laughs> Here's the part that I am 100% sure that 80% of the people in this room don't have the revelation of it yet. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. Let's be real honest. How many people in here, you still pragmatically have room? Am I doing okay this morning? Is that a faith technicality? Yes, it is. It is a faith technicality. Don't come rewriting the Bible. Don't come telling me that ain't that what that meant. Don't come telling me that's Old Testament. Don't come telling me it's under the law. It's not under the law. It was over 400 years before the law. I'm not even defending that tithing is for today. That is not this lesson. The only technicality I'm stuck on right now is how do tithers still have room? Tithers still have room because they have in some cases, not all, bucket plunked instead of sold the seed. Some of you give 10% automatically EFT. It just comes out because that's what you're supposed to do. But it is a heartless act. There is no faith behind the giving. Come on, somebody. And at what point did Sister Rayshon get the $200,000 blessing? At the point by which she made the confession and paid her tithe in face. Let's face it. If Rayshon sold $2,000 within two months of tithe, and I'm pretty sure she probably did, let's call that $500, what, every two weeks or something like that, over two months? Amen. That means if she got a $200 debt reduction, that means just four mounds of tithing released her of a gigantic debt. Do that make sense, Eku? That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Well, that was one of the promises. One of the promises is, is that, amen, that he would pour me out a blessing that I don't have room enough to receive. But if I do the math, dollar for dollar ratio, and I go every two week pay period, I don't know how much the young lady makes, but let's just call it 500 and 500. She brought her tithe and her offering, amen, in the month of May of 2022, which was almost a year ago. She paid her tithe that first bi-weekly, then the and bi-weekly on the 30th, she paid her tithe. Then the next month, she did it two more times. That's a total of $2,000. She just got released of $200,000 of debt. She told that testimony today. Amen. That is simply two months worth of tithing in her life. How much more should we be receiving having tithed all our life? I feel like I'm helping somebody. Some of you have been tithing ever since you were six years old. Come on, somebody. Yet the enemy has had a cloak over your eyes that this was just something you do religiously. But the revelation is now you're going to do it by faith and the blessings of the Lord are going to come up on you and overtake you. Somebody shout hallelujah in the house of God. I got a teaching anointing on me now. Amen. I'm not just putting money in. You know, I'm not just going to put money in because they start the pastor's anniversary. Mm -mm. I'm not just giving a love offering. No, I'm sowing in faith. I'm not just sowing because it's time to give to the grace house. Amen. Faith works by love. So when I pay my money to be a blessing to those young ladies, what am I doing? 
I am demonstrating that I am loving my neighbor as myself. And I'm not going to get all into the good old fashioned. I don't want nothing back. I don't need nothing. I just want to do something for the community. No, no, and no. I'm going to sow in faith, believing that I have received. And this is how you do something for the community. When you get the harvest off of $5,000, come on, which is going to be a half a million dollars, somebody say amen. amen. You now can come back and sow another $250,000, which is going to make you a multimillionaire in the kingdom of God. And I wish I had somebody that would agree with the revelation of what ratio of return you should be getting. Now, that's what should be happening. That is the Bible. Now, either God said this or he did not say it. But according to Holy Scripture, the Bible says that God said, because this is Malachi talking, that he would open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. Now, that's what he said. Then Jesus came New Testament in Mark 4 and 20, and he gave you the ratio. Well, he said some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Now, ultimately, a hundredfold is God's best. Are you learning anything this morning? Well, let's see if we can work this faith concept. Amen. How do I read a hundredfold? I want you to write three principles down, and I'm going to teach all three of them today. These are the keys to abundant harvest. Keys to abundant harvest. I'm going to be a man of my word. I'm going to show you how, amen, to manifest rich, manifest abundance, manifest overflow. Number one, faith. Faith. Now, when I say faith, y'all, please put it on the screen like it is in my notes. If you have it, Tony, when I say faith, because I don't have time to teach every component of this, understand I'm talking about all the precepts of faith. What are all the precepts of faith? Faith is speaking, believing and acting. All right. So I don't just sow my seed. I speak over my seed. Do y'all see that on the screen? I give in what? Faith. The keys to abundant harvest, all the precepts of faith. I stand until my harvest comes. First the blade, then the air, then the full corn. All right? So I can plant my seed, but if I don't stand and stay for the harvest, how many of you know my harvest still came? I just wasn't there for it. I get blessed by this every summer when my dad is selective about when he will visit me, when he will come up to Charlotte. He will tell us in a heartbeat, I can't be away the first week of August, or I can't be away in July, or I cannot be away in September. I don't know how all the vegetables work, but that's when my collards come up. Okay, I have to be there to cut them down. You cannot leave okra in the garden. It's going to get real chewy and hard. Amen. So they're selective about when they will leave their crop relative to, to the summer. So we know that there's a time and a season for you to put in the sickle. The sickle is your tongue. Your tongue is a sharp object. So you speak over your offering. Amen. And Psalm 67 and 6, you command the earth to yield its harvest in the name of Jesus, and you cut it down with your mouth. You decree it and you establish it. I'm sowing my $100 seed right now in the name of Jesus. These blessings of the Lord, they come upon me and overtake me. I believe I receive a hundredfold return on this. I'll take none less. I cut it down and I take it by faith. Now, what's the next thing to do by faith? Stand. You stand. 
and you stay on it and keep the, keep, keep the weeds out of your crop, the negative emotions, the, the negative feelings relative to, to uh, having to stand and wait on the Lord. Are you all in here? So that's faith. Where I want to spend most of my time is soil. Number two, keys to abundant harvest, soil. How many of you know you need to do a soil test? Amen. If you're going to get a hundredfold return, and yes, I said it, you got to stop, YouTubers, putting your money in some swindler's church. You know the pastor's cheating on his wife. You know they're taking money. You know things are off the hook over there. You know there's no morality. You've seen it with your own eyes. You heard it. Now watch this. For the things we did not know, God did not hold us responsible. But the Bible declares that once we see the light, we're to walk therein. I can't see the light of knowing this ministry is corrupted and stay and still give you a mound of money every two weeks. That's not how you get a harvest. That's what we call a soul tie. Do you know that the tithe is sacred money? Did you know that? You know you can't do any old thing with the tithe? It's sacred money. It's God's money. The tithe and the offerings, which, by the way, is above and beyond the 10%. But for goodness sake, I didn't say for God's sake. I don't even like that term for God's sake. Nothing is for God's sake. You do it for your sake. For your sake, don't go put money in some swindler's bucket. Knowing what you're dealing with. You got to do a soil test. <laughs> this is good. I don't give money to people just because they have needs. They might have needs because they was in rebellion to their parents all their life. And they may need to go back and apologize to their mama so they can get the curse off of them. So you see some little 19-year-old being a panhandler saying he just can't make it. He don't know how he's going to pay his rent. If you have a few dollars that you can give me and you have no discernment and no insight on why he's that way. Maybe he didn't come that way just because he fell on hard times. Let's face it. If there's a such thing as a pedophile, somebody's one. So some of the people you meet that's broke, busted, and disgusted on the side of the road, they got there some way. I didn't say every poor person was a pedophile, but if you are unemployable, it's getting good now. <laughs> you can't get a job because you took liberties with a child. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And now you out on the street, and it's my job to give you $20? How many of y'all know believers need some discernment? Did God tell you to give that man $20? So you don't give just because somebody has a need. You discern it. There are right ways to do it. There are wonderful, amen, not for profits, which I don't put that on our church, or I should say it this way, great churches like KCC, where you can go and plant your money and say, hey, they have a missions department. And, you know, you got to turn in an application through some spirit-filled, prudent people. Before you get any of God's money, it's quiet in the room. I'm just teaching today, dear. I don't feel bad about this at all. God's money, you're going to fund somebody's poverty, and they need to go get it right with somebody. Amen. And for those of you who don't feel good until you help somebody who have nothing, what about understanding that when you sow into somebody who has something, oh, that's when you get wealthy. Because that's when Philippians 1 and 7 kicks in. You are now a partaker of their grace. I don't send money to ministries that ain't doing nothing. 
They need a little help, right? Because they closed during COVID. They should obey God. Then they wouldn't need no help. Now, I'm going to send my stuff to the spirit-filled people who stood the test, who had to pay all the fines to keep their churches open, but still kept them open. Come on, somebody. That still did it God's way. Who, who was in threat of going to jail sometime, but they still honored God. No, how about that's who's going to get It's quiet in the room, but I'm not. <laughs> Amen. What makes it good ground? Amen. Some bad little boy ain't good ground. No, he ain't. Mm-mm. Won't do right, done cussed his mom out. And now he in a home for runaways, uh, ran away from a Christian home, and you supposed to fund his dysfunction? It's quiet in the room. I wish, I, I wish I'd see one of these girls come over here and cuss me out. Please do. <laughs> when I come in the room, stand up. Mr. Rogers, good to see you. Yes, sir. I want to thank you so much for giving me a, another chance. Because, see, you didn't put a dime in the building. This. You, you, you didn't do anything to make this come into fruition. You, you are not entitled to anything. We don't owe you Nothing. You need to be thanking God every day. You need to be praising God all the time for another chance to get your life together. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You better check the ground. Where are you sending your seed? Who's getting, your, who's getting your seed? We building a, a, a house for unwed moms. Amen. No, you're going to be giving somebody a hand up. It's not going to be dysfunctional socialism. Amen. Where you go out there and do it four or five more times. No, no. This is your chance. Amen. And you're going to have to work the kingdom system. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm casting vision and I'm helping you at the same time. Somebody say amen. They don't go to your church. Don't want to (laughs) go. What's that? They better be going somewhere, spirit filled. (laughs) Where you going Sunday? Oh, I'm at victory. Oh, okay. Hey, did you see so-and-so down there today? (laughs) They they better be somewhere getting a victory. (laughs) Y'all ain't saying nothing. Somewhere where where, where the Spirit of God is dwelling. Amen. Hallelujah. So faith and soil, but what is the third way you reap an abundant harvest? Giving. But watch this, and now we're talking about not only giving, but giving in faith. You are giving an amount relative to your financial status. Now, let's look at the hundredfold and break that down. Amen. Giving. Amen. But you are giving relative to where you have come to. All right. And so we talking about the hundredfold, are we not? Let's go to Genesis chapter 26. Are you being blessed this morning? Let's look at Genesis 26. Amen. And first things first, let's read verse number 12. Okay, because we all get excited about how Isaac reaped a hundredfold. We get excited about how Isaac became richer and richer. And that's worth being excited about. But there was a caveat as to why he didn't just get the hundredfold. I'm going to show you why he got the hundredfold. The Bible says in verse 12, then Isaac did what? Sold in that land and reaped in the same year. How much? How much did he get back? What is the ratio of return? A hundredfold. Yeah, it's not a trick question. Amen. He reaped the what? 
a hundredfold. And what happened? The Lord blessed him. Now, look at how he just kept getting more and more. Then this man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became what? Very prosperous. And for people who don't like Christians to have anything, the Bible says in verse 14, he had possessions. Do y'all see that? He had possessions of flocks, which would be your cars. Flocks, cars, possessions of herds. And he had employees, a great number of servants, a great number of servants. He had a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> he was doing quite well. He was prospering. Amen. He was doing so well that the Bible says, so the Philistines envied him. Now, one of the definitions of to be blessed is to be envied. Get over it. Amen. You're going to reap a hundredfold in this lifetime, the Bible says, with persecution. But I'm still trying to figure out why persecution is such a dangerous thing when persecutors can't get in. Do they live in that fine home God gave you? So what's the revelation on how to deal with the persecutor? Don't listen to him. Are y'all hearing me? All right. So the Philistines envied him and they persecuted him. He had to keep moving his land. We'll teach about that on another day. Amen. Every time he moved his land or moved his operations, he prospered more. <laughs> they couldn't shut him down. Everything he did, it just kept on prospering. But why, Tia, did he prosper? What, what was the revelation? I feel like I got your attention. What got him the hundredfold return? It was not just that he gave. So we talk about giving, you shall receive. That is scriptural. That's true. You're going to receive. But amen. Let him, James 1 and 6, ask in faith. You could also say, let him give in faith. You don't just give. You have to give in faith. How, pastor, do you know he was in faith? Well, back up to verse number one. Are you being blessed? Oh, hallelujah. I said, are you being blessed? Mm -hmm. Verse number one, the Bible says there was a famine in the land. That's enough. How do you know he gave in faith? Because he gave in the middle of nothing. Famine, hardship, no reason to be given. Where everybody is hoarding all their stuff. Everybody's saying, let me hold and save what I can. The Bible says Isaac, by faith, sowed in that land. In other words, I'm not waiting until everything's get together before I come and sow. No, I'm going to sow right where I am. I'm going to sow in this land of becoming, and I'm going to believe God that he can eradicate over $200,000 worth of debt in one day. How are you going to do it? By sowing in that land, sowing in famine. He sowed, the Bible said he sowed in that land. There was a famine in the land besides the first famines of the days of Abraham. Amen. Beside the famine that his dad had already gone through, there was a famine in the land. And according to verse number 12, what did Isaac do in that land? He sowed where, y'all? He sowed in that land, which means I got to do something out of my lack. I got to do something out of an area by which I could have pragmatically done something else with it. Oh, y'all don't believe me. Let me see if I can prove this point a little bit more. Y'all put it on Mark 12, verse 42 through 44. I'm showing you how to get the hundredfold now. You said you wanted to know, right? Yeah, you said, Pastor, show me how to get the hundredfold. I'm telling you how to get the hundredfold. Pastor Rogers, how have you gotten the hundredfold in your life? I did this. 
This is how I got the hundredfold. And I'm, I'm, I'm showing you the secret sauce to that. This is how you legitimately, generally get the hundredfold in your life. Amen. You do something in faith. Isaac sold in famine, which means he sold in faith. And baby, that's how he got the hundredfold return. And that's how he got wealthier and wealthier. Amen. And that's how the Lord blessed him. Over in Mark 12 and 42. Y'all, let's use New Living right now just to make this real easy for some of my babes in the Lord. Let's look at... For three verses. Then a poor widow came and dropped two small coins in the bucket. Two small coins. Man, what's two small coins? Who are you going to do with two small coins at the Grace House? You can't even buy a swatch of carpet with that. What does two small coins do for anybody? Now we're getting ready to tap into the supernatural. I mean, what does two small coins do for anybody? What are you going to do with two small coins at Publix? Or here's Teeter. In the middle of this food shortage? What are you going to do with two small coins? What do you do with what you have? When what you have is not enough anyway. So this woman came with two small coins. <laughs> and Jesus called his disciples to him and said, which means her two small coins moved him. Which means it wasn't about her two small coins as much as it was about moving Jesus. It wasn't about her salary. It wasn't about what she had in savings as much as it was about her having the faith to release her two small coins. Because two small coins is a lot when you don't have but two small coins. Y'all going to catch up in a second. And Jesus called his disciples and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more, has given more than all the others who are making contributions. Why, Jesus? For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. Pause right there. Everybody say, no faith. Come on, say it again. No faith. They gave a tiny part of their surplus. They were, I'm saying hypothetically, multi-millionaires. You know, they came, they gave a $20,000 offering. Well, but there was no faith in that because that's a tiny part of their surplus. That's a tiny part. That's not a significant seed. It's a tiny part. <laughs> oh, Pledge Sunday uh, is here. You going to give a tiny part this year? How are you going to get through? What, what, what's your next route? Come on. Hallelujah. What, what's your next move with God? Tiny part, tiny part, tiny part. How many of y'all know uh, many have accounts in different places and spaces, and, and we have certain things that we have just earmarked for certain uh, times of our life, you know? I, I have my 401k or my retirement fund, and, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't touch that. And there's some wisdom in that, in context, but uh, what if God told you to touch it? Mm. It's getting good now. Mm-hmm. Let's take it out of the penalty money for a second. You know, I have a savings account and, you know, I have a mass X amount of dollars and, you know, but, but uh, I'd rather do my, my pledge off of, you know, what I get off salary, what, what I already have uh, earmarked for this. And uh, this is what I'm comfortable doing. Amen. And uh, usually what you're comfortable doing is a tiny part. What you're comfortable doing is something that you're not doing by faith. What you're comfortable doing is something that you yourself are capable of doing if God doesn't even intervene. But I'm ministering to some people today who's ready to get the hundredfold, which comes by faith, who would say, Father, 
I'm going to demonstrate to you that I'm not a tiny part giver. I'm not the kind of Christian that puts more confidence in my FDIC protected bank account than I do in your ability to substantiate my provision. Are you all still here? They gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, as poor as she is, I like how that New Living says it, as poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Dave, how do we know she gave in faith? Because she gave everything she had to live on. There was nothing else left. Lord, if you don't do it, I won't make it. Now, Pastor Rogers is a well-balanced pastor and teacher, and I'm no way standing up here and telling you that you got to give everything you have to live on. That has to be spirit-prompted. The Spirit of the Lord has to lead you to do something like that. But what I am saying is, y'all, we don't give everything we have to live on. What if, though, we started giving some sacrifices, though? What if in an area of my life, I made a determination that God is so amazing and so huge in my life. You know what, Lord? I really did plan to buy this car by this summer. And, uh, you know, I I have saved uh, $13,000 because, you know, I'm ready to get my new car. And and I just plan to go down to whatever X dealership this summer. And, you know, I've been saving a long time for this. But God, you know, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you because the truth is, right now I still have a car. My car actually works. My car is functioning, and I'm going to help you get debt free, and it's paid for. It's functioning, and it's paid for. So if I don't need a car, is this kingdom teaching? What if I trusted God with my car money, waited three more months on the car, and then by the time I get to the summer... The harvest came in, and he gives me the thing to get the thing, as Brother Bill Winston would say. I either give you the thing or give you the thing to get the thing. What if I just trust God with this money? What if I just get right frivolous in my giving and say, you know what, Lord, you could, you could, do, you could, do, you could do with this much more than I can do. And uh, the Bible says there is him that spreads and increases even the more. But it is him that holds back even that which is right, and that leads to lack. Well, we just learned that lack is a curse. So, Lord, what if I just trust you? What if I just give it away? (laughs) Oh, this kingdom now. I'm not going to hold uh, uh, back anything from you, Lord. I'm not not giving you a tiny part. I'm going to give you something that is impactful on a particular area of my life. And if you want to know how Pastor Rogers made it in some key areas, that's how I got there. And I got to a place in my life now where that's already been proven. It's already been demonstrated. So now, generally speaking, I'm not giving out of my lack. I don't have to. The Lord has substantiated to a place to where now you can just give. Crickets. Y'all, why do it need to be painful all your life? No, at a certain point, you, you, you pass. I'm writing a book on this now, by the way. At a certain point, you pass some tests. That one is over. I don't got to walk holy to get married anymore. Y'all missed it. I, oh, this is real good. I don't have to deprive myself of certain adult activities anymore because I did it in the right season. 
Do y'all see what I'm teaching? Are you getting the revelation? Same thing with money. At a certain point, uh, okay, all right. At a certain point, you're going to pass the lack test. And when you pass the lack test, you will then be officially given by faith out of your abundance. And you'll have plenty more in store and more abundance is going to come in. But, baby, you got to pass that lack test. You got to pass it. Somebody say amen to that. Pastor, give me more Bible to back that up. I'm glad to do it. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 1. I love teaching the Bible. You love listening to the Bible? Oh, hallelujah. What are the three ways of yielding abundant harvest? Faith, it's number two. Soil, what's number three? And giving, and giving. But how do you need to give? And faith, don't just give. Y'all, if you got what every harvest should be off of your tithe from 1986 since you were a Christian... Are you, y'all, is the Bible right or not, though? See, that's my disposition on it. So I actually, at a point in my life, I started believing this, and then it started happening. Then he started pouring out blessings that I really don't have room enough to receive. Did you know, oh, I'll make somebody mad. You know God will bless you with so many cars, your parking lot can't park them all. Did you know that? You know people will drive up to your house and say, is this a dealership? Yes. Yeah, you'll have to park some on the street. You know what that is an example of? Not having. Y'all missed it. You missed it. You missed it. If you got a two-car garage and eight cars, guess what you don't have? Room enough to receive, and yet new cars keep moving in all the time. Hallelujah, because the blessing comes upon you, and it overtakes you. And then some young, sweet college girl who could use a vehicle but doesn't have the money and needed a surrogate dad to stand in the gap. You're able in purity, you and your wife, to say, here you go, take it and drive it and keep it. You owe me nothing. Because you are blessed to be a blessing. You don't have room enough to receive all the stuff that you could take in. Well, yeah, that stuff started happening. But it happened because you passed the lag test. And, you know, I could refrain from teaching this because of persecution or because people might think or, or, or perceive or something. But, you know, my perception of your perception is hogwash. Which is a fancy way of me saying I could care less how you perceive of things. And you know why I can make that statement? Because we've got some integrities over here. Amen. When we raise money for lights... It's like Genesis 1. Let there be. I wish I had some help. Oh, Holly, my wife and I, we just bought the church two buses. You know, we see a lot of pastors, they good with giving the church's money away when it comes to their own money. No, you know that, that beautiful baby grand up there? No, we, we, we bought the church that. We just bought it. You don't have to come out the church treasurer. Just, just buy it. Amen. Some of you, you know, you meet somebody, they have a need. Oh, call my church. No, call you. You help them pay their rent. Don't send them to me. They're not even a member. Why should I pay their rent? That's socialism. I'm going to pay your rent, and you ain't even going to come and say, thank you, Jesus, for two hours on a Sunday, and I owe you to pay your rent? Figure it out. Oh, it got quiet on that point. Why should people benefit from your system who don't want to partake in your teaching? I'm helping people be a Christian. 
You're giving all the bicycles away to the community and your own kids that go to youth ministry getting a $25 Amazon gift card. No, give them the bicycles. Give the Christian kids that's doing it God's way that ain't cussing their mom out. Let them go in the raffle for the bicycle and give the community a free hot dog at the church picnic every year. Let the church say amen. Now that is the way it should be because many of those people are loaves and fish driven. You have no intention of following Christ. You don't have no intention of getting on track and you are there for the goods and that does not get people saved. Sometimes you need to be stripped down and yielded to the Lord. Hallelujah. And people who have been blessed don't owe anybody. Because most of us who got there, guess how we got there? Hard work and sowing. First, out of our lack. Let's look at that in Scripture. Now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the churches of Macedonia. Now, this is how the young lady got free of $200,000 of debt. If you're watching this on TV, we just had a young lady get totally free of $200,000 worth of debt. Okay, well... She didn't get free because of her budget plan. You don't have a budget plan that is compatible with what God can do. (laughs) That's how you receive it, Reg. Your budget is menial in comparison to what God can do in one hour. Do you all understand that by this time tomorrow, all kinds of things could be broke out in your life? Favor, abundance on multiple levels that are incalculable? Okay, Jesus says, we owe our taxes, boys, so that we won't offend anybody. Go over there and the first fish you catch, get enough money to pay yours and mine. Is that supernatural? Now, if that, if that is not right or accurate, why are you still a Christian? Because your Bible says he got money out of a fish's mouth. If I didn't believe that that could really happen, then I need to stop being a Christian. Because that means the Bible has inaccuracies in it. No, Jesus really got money out of a fish's mouth. Daniel really had a lion's mouth shut on his behalf. The Hebrew boys really stood in a fire and did not get burned. Jonah really went into a fish's belly. Are you all listening to me? And if all those supernatural things could happen, oh, don't forget this one. Jesus really got up from the dead. And if he can get up from the dead, hallelujah, you ought to be able to get up out of your debt. You ought to be able to get up out of your lack by working the kingdom principle. Hallelujah. But if that's going to happen, you got to pass the lack test. Come on, let's look at it. Now we brothers want you to know about the what? Grace. Everybody say God's empowerment. Say it this way. God's empowerment to prosper. The grace that God has given the churches. He put it on you. He put it on us of Macedonia. I'm getting ready to show you how KCC has passed this test. In the terrible ordeal they suffered. Their abundant joy and what class? Deep poverty. Everybody say, sounds like lack to me. In the midst of all of that, they had joy and they had deep poverty. But what did they do? They overflowed into rich generosity. Deep poverty? Lack? 
but you still going to be generous? Come on, widow with two mites. She was generous. Yeah, she was very generous. Amen. Overflowed into what class? Generosity. And this is so good. Verse three. Oh, capital campaign. So I testify that they gave according to their ability and even beyond it of their own decision. I, on my own accord, I just make a decision. Lord, I'm going to try you in this. You know what? My system ain't working anyway. <laughs> I'm not getting ahead off of my own way of doing it anyway. So you know what? Y'all, come on, y'all know how some of us talk. I'm just going to break down and do it. Aren't you, aren't you glad it's time for you to break down and do something that God said? I'm just going to break down and obey God. And in my deep poverty, I'm going to pass the test of what? Oh, help us understand this, Pastor. Years ago, long enough ago, probably now, eight or whatever it was, nine, Amen. So not too long. I still remember. You know, we were pilgrims and uh, we, we would always be believing God for a place to worship. And the truth is, year over year, people could change their minds. You know, I remember one particular venue that decided they just for whatever reason, they didn't want us there anymore. And that was OK. Amen. We would pay on time, all that kind of stuff. But they had different plans. And that was that was fine. OK. But uh, I, I just remember this. And I remember uh, we were using the Harvest Church. And I still thank God to this day for Pastor Tom and his grace towards the good people of KCC. He was very given to us, very willing, amen, to let us use his building, conferences. And, and we would have our Bible study there every week while we were renting the school. Well, I was ready for my own stuff, though. I was ready for my own building. I was ready to be overflowing in ministry. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's some to being able to unlock your doors when you get ready. You want to have a conference, you don't got to, you know, ask 10 questions and, and put a contract in and, you know, see, see if you're going to be able to go into the Holiday Inn or are they booked or whatever the case may be. So there's nothing wrong with starting like that. Praise God. Aren't we glad for that, right? Thank God for the school system. I appreciate them back in those days. But I was ready to have my own. And I just remember uh, a certain season and window of time to where I just started just giving like I lost it. Like I said, hey, God, just, just, I'm going to push on this. I'm going to push on these principles. Amen. Now, I personally wasn't a broke person, but I'm talking about the ministry. The ministry is just, we are just going to give. So one Sunday, Pastor Tom asked, could we come over and uh, have worship with them on a Sunday morning? Now, when you're a baby church, understand, Sunday morning tithe and offering is crucial. You, you can't be missing no Sunday inflows. All right? You got young people you're playing, paying to play instruments. You, you have contracts you have to pay. And when you start now, you only have a few tithers anyway. But I remember going over there, man, and, uh, you know, they, they, it got time to the offering. And number one, we weren't in our own uh, worship space that Sunday. We had decided we would combine with them just that one Sunday. He asked me to preach and I preached. And uh, the question came up, well, what are we going to do with the offering? And it was at that moment where that unction rose up in me. And I said, I'll tell you what I would like you all to do for me. Uh, any of the money that the KCCites pay today, would you please put their total tithe and offering in your account? Would you take our total inflows <laughs> and would you put it in your church? Will you put it in your church? And the reason why I want to put you, you to put it in your church, you see, we need a church. 
And you're already establishing something that I believe God is doing for us. So I believe you could do more with a few thousand dollars than I can do with it in savings. So why don't you take all of our offerings, great and small, and put it in your church. And y'all, that's when we pass the lack test. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And I'm telling you, the power of God was already on this ministry. But the story began to unfold. So you're going to have to get over the inhibitions by which you retain and hold back. You're going to get to a place to where you say, now, listen, God can do more than this than what I can do with it. Same thing, my God, with my brother's church down in Houston. Man, the seeds we would just send just by faith. The seeds I would send to other ministries at the time by faith. Pro-life ministries by faith didn't make no sense would fully fund somebody's budget in a particular area, by faith. But I'm telling you what God does with you when you do it by faith. Amen. You start building buildings debt-free. Hallelujah. Because that harvest starts chasing you down. Y'all ain't saying nothing. This ministry has more harvest on it than a few. Concrete trucks start coming and pouring concrete that you didn't plan for. Pavers start coming and paving your lot. All kinds of stuff starts showing up because you believe God in your life. Hallelujah. So now, now we give out of our abundance. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Out of abundance. Thank you, Lord. Out of abundance. But it's a test you got to pass. Are you all getting anything out of this? Oh, I want to go to the next level. Do you really? You know what next level costs you? Next level going to cost you some obedience. It's going to cost you saying, man, you know, this did the Bible even says it in Genesis 26, how he multiplied Abraham as the stars. In fact, look there at verse uh, Genesis 26 and four. It's not in my plan today, but I believe it's God. Are you learning anything? And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. I will give your descendants all these lands. I will give your descendants all these lands. I will give your descendants all these lands. Are you a descendant of Abraham? Why aren't you shouting yet? Anybody believing for a house? Anybody believing for a beach house? Anybody believing for some kingdom land somewhere? I will give your descendants all these lands. And we know ultimately it's the promised land, Canaan land. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. But why, God, did you do this for Abraham? Verse number five, and we're getting ready to get out of here. Because Abraham obeyed my voice. Highlight and underline that. And that's how you reap the hundredfold. You obey God's voice. Wait a minute, God. You talking about $6,000? You obey God's voice. 10000 is all I have in my fun account. You obey God's voice. That's the revelation of the hundredfold. And then the ground is going to be productive. Everybody say, now rich towards God. Come on, say it again, rich towards God. Now, if you know anything about that revelation, as we are teaching it all year long, (laughs) I've studied it back and forth. But Luke 12 and 21, when he says that this rich man's soul was required of him because he was not Rich towards God, that word rich means wealthy towards God. Lucrative towards God. 
all right, lucrative towards God. He lays up treasure for himself, but he is not rich, wealthy, lucrative towards God. He's rich towards his, his uh, trip to, to Jamaica, and he's rich towards his own home. You know, many of you in this room, you'll go down to Haverty's and throw $3,000 in the new furniture set. Come on. Yeah. Get an 85-inch TV. Yeah. A couple of thousand dollars for a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can lay up treasure for myself, and that really was not the problem you can have the wonderful furniture. You can have the great gigantic TV that you enjoy because he gives you all things to enjoy. But you must be wealthy towards God. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. This man was wealthy towards God. I am happy to report I don't drive a car or have a suit that supersedes the amount of money I have given to the kingdom of God. And let me put a timeline on it in one year or less. I don't own a vehicle like that. <laughs> that I have that supersedes the amount of money that I have personally given to the kingdom of God on an annual basis. No such thing. Yeah. No such thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to raise an offering after I teach this lesson. The offering I raise after I teach this lesson will be greater than my suit that I have on today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Because you know what? I thank God for the wonderful things that he allows me to enjoy, but I'm not going to fail this test of not being rich towards God. Y'all ain't saying nothing. If God's church needs carpet and my house needs carpet, guess who's going to get their carpet first? God's church. Well, God's church gives what, what his. I, I figured it out, Jess. I'm doing a little personal testifying today, but I finally figured out why I got so blessed in life. Because I've always given God his stuff Y'all ain't saying nothing? Oh, yes, on multiple levels. I love testifying about the years when I would not allow the church to pay me or bless me with anything because God had to be first. We don't even have a building. Are y'all in here? God's got to be first. We need more uh, a space where people can get free of mental torment. And if we got to be out of the school every week by a certain time and we're still working deliverance with some people, how many of you know you're shortchanging God? That's why I worship as long as I want to now. Because I'm not renting. And people can leave whenever they get ready. Oh, they, they stay in there too long, let you get lung cancer. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I love you. I need you, Jesus. Let something happen in your family. Oh, I need him more and more. <laughs> You'd be in church. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. But what if you valued him and was rich towards him? Then some of those things wouldn't happen to begin with. Right. They couldn't get to you because you would be dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and you'd be under the shadow of the Almighty and they can't do what they want to do. Don't be a crisis Christian. Be what? Rich towards God. Man, I could care less. And I believe, you know, there we, we might just get us a new car here soon enough. But you think I care about a vehicle? not an ounce of a bit. Get in and have fun with it. Amen. And I get frustrated when the new smell wears off. <laughs> I don't like that. I'm trying to get it back. I'm, I'm asking June to figure out what that smell is, June. So next time you detail me, at least I can, you know what I mean? But it just goes after a couple of months. Right? 
Anything you get in this world, the Bible talks about moth and rust. Moth and rust. I went in one of my closets uh, the other day. It looked like all my shirts was faded. I felt like I was on the Fat Albert movie. Those of you who've seen that movie, the longer he stayed in the earth, he just kept fading. I said, man, what's happened to my shirts? (laughs) Moth and rust. A few more wears out of this, you'll be able to see through it. You take it to the cleaners, it's going to wear it out. Moth and rust. You'll need another blue suit. Are you listening to me? So we're self-preservationists instead of laying up treasure for God, being wealthy towards God. And that's not just worship. That's generosity. That's just constantly. Bible says the liberal soul, I believe it's Proverbs maybe 11, the liberal soul will be made fat. But this is where I want to land my plane today or my jet if I want to make some people mad. This is where I want to land my jet. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. May as well get on your nerves early. All right. Let's go to Luke chapter 12. You're already there. And let's understand then, first lady, what's the real revelation and the key to abundance then? Because if I give it in faith and I do all the precepts, precepts, speak in faith, declaring, standing on it, not giving up, follow them who through what? Faith and patience inherit the promises. And I give significantly, which is what I just got through teaching. This is a point in this storyline that is overlooked. I got five minutes and I'm done. The Bible says, then he spoke, Jesus spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded (laughs) The man was rich. The ground of this rich man, he got rich because his ground did what? Yielded how? What yielded plentifully? The ground. What is one of the most important components of your harvest? The ground, the soil. Here's my question. Have we passed the soil test? If we have passed the soil test, At what point does it make any sense to withhold anything from this ground? Boy, I wish I was around when Amazon first started and Apple and knew where they was going. Good God Almighty. Oh, I'd have emptied my bank account out. Oh, boy. And I would have my name on a football stadium today. Rogers Stadium. Yeah. No, whoever went in early. Because the ground yielded. And you got to learn how to discern moves of God. If you're in the church that's getting ready to blow up and explode and going to be the next big thing in Charlotte, how many of y'all know it's time to put something in the soil? Hallelujah. Ground yielded plentifully. No, they're building houses for unwed moms. The ground is what? You might be a partner watching this on TV. The ground is yielding plentifully over here. This is good soil. Man, this got all the antidotes in it to grow a harvest. That's where I want to get my money, where the ground is yielding plentifully. I'm not going to lose. Hallelujah. I'm going to release my seed, and it's going to come up in abundance. It's going to bless my socks off because I'm doing it in faith. I'm going to test that soil, but then I'm going to give. Oh, 
God, I'm gonna give. And if the devil say, you're going to give that much, I'm going to add another hundred. I'm just, All right, say something else. I'm just going to. Because every time I give to the kingdom of light, guess what I do? I damage the kingdom of darkness. Every time I give to the kingdom of light, I damage the kingdom of darkness. You plant another church, you know, like our dear brothers and sisters in Houston. Now, you done made a mess of Houston. Houston in trouble. Pastor Rondi got a church with all that anointing, all that dynamite. What are you going to do when he just stay there all night long and just young people just coming and just taking their earrings out and all kinds of just deliverance and ain't nobody in no rush. And they go to his cafeteria and eat burgers and fries and he going to sit out there with them because he just loves kids so much and, and, let, and answer all their questions. You just, you just bruise up the kingdom of darkness. <laughs> You're killing it. Killing it. Oral Roberts used to say one of the hardest things for uh, the kingdom of God to do is acquire property. Really powerful lesson. Because Joshua teaches us this principle. Once you possess the land, that now becomes kingdom jurisdiction. Nothing can go on there except kingdom stuff. People have reached out to us to see if they could have this and have that. Not if it ain't kingdom. <laughs> but if this was some sort of venue that you could rent out, all kinds of debaucherous things could happen over here. The only thing that can happen here is kingdom stuff. You know, little girls keep their virginity over here because they, they, they go learn God esteem on a kingdom campus. People will eat after service today in a cafe, and I love it. I asked them two, three weeks ago, I said, could y'all put chicken and waffles on the menu? I just want a special Sunday of chicken and waffles. You know why we having chicken and waffles today? Because Pastor Rogers asked for it. No, no, no Bible reason. <laughs> There's no Bible behind it. None whatsoever. Amen. That's why. But you know why you can't have chicken and waffles and people fellowship and grow in God? Because this is the, this is the kingdom. It's the kingdom. All right? The only reason why Jay-Z and Beyonce is able to corrupt your children, they got money to reach them. <laughs> That's it. They can put stuff on television for hours at a time, showing all kinds of satanic and luciferian things to your child because they have the money to do it. But I thank God for the owner of Hobby Lobby who said this year for the Super Bowl, somebody going to hear something about some Christianity. Oh, hallelujah. You know why there's a Bible museum in Washington, D.C.? Money. Somebody who loved the Bible and Christianity, and you ought to go too, it's great. Love money and Christianity or love Christianity? They, they had the money to plant that. You know how much property cost in downtown Washington, D.C.? Are you kidding me? We thought, I didn't say Boise, Idaho. I'm closing. I said prime property, Washington, D.C.? Just to own something. And downtown? Man, please. Money. But the kingdom of God ought to be stretched all throughout that. Kingdom of God ought to be taking possession of land and properties, ought to be buying up. It, my heart is on this. All of these old churches closing down because the members have aged out. Kingdom ought to be taking that. 
taking that and making it a retreat center, taking it and making it a, a, a place like I'm doing for our missions building where, where hungry can be fed and where people can go and get rehabbed and, and made better. We ought, we ought to be consuming that prime property for the kingdom of God. But you know what allows us to do stuff like that? When people are rich towards, that's it, y'all. The Bible says money answers how many things? All things. Were you blessed by that today? Did that help anybody? Is that okay? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, and this this right into our pledge, and, and they got the pledge cards, y'all. Please get them out. Stephanie, I don't know. Do we have them here? They're here. Thank you, Melvin. I, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm speaking on behalf of somebody in this room. I'm not gonna be sitting on six figures in savings and give God a measly $3,000 this year. You can, I can't make you do anything different, but are you giving out of your lack? Are you pressing the envelope in faith? Or are you simply giving just to check a box? Isn't that right? Now somebody's gonna give $3,000 and that is gonna be significant. And I'm going to do it, too, unless the Lord direct me differently. You come up here that day, and I want, I, want, I want to let the people of God hear your faith. Me and my husband decided we're going to sow $10,000, $15,000. We're coming in faith. We believe. And did you know between now and June, he gives seed? You know you can believe for it. You want to make a significant impact? What are you believing for? What are you believing for? I'm getting ready to help some people here put their big boy pants on. What if you sowed a seed this morning for two things? An abundant harvest that will allow you to have all things to enjoy and be a more significant blessing than you plan to be. Because if I harvest it, guess what I can do? I can give it. All right? Don't raise your hand on this if you don't mean it. How many people in here today, if you got a $15,000 drought, from the Lord. Lord, just bless you. Some unexpected bonus, something like that. You would give minimally a half of it to the Lord. All right? Remember I said don't raise your hand if you don't mean it. This is spiritual. How many people in here, if the Lord just came and swept you off your feet like he did Sister Rayshawn and brought in a almost quarter million dollar harvest? In her case, it was debt release. Still a harvest. It's money she won't have to spend. That's harvest. So let's just call it liquid cash. How many people in here, if the Lord just dropped $250,000 on you, would have no problem bringing $175,000 to your church and just dropping it by faith? Yo, that's all we got to do. If this ministry does that, Ephesians 6 and 12 says, what you make happen for someone else, God is going to make happen for you. And let me tell you who the someone else you ought to be making it happen for. You know who my favorite charity is? My church. Oh, yeah. And my favorite charity. <laughs> my favorite charity. Amen. My favorite. When I'm, when I'm uh, cashing out at the cash register, they say, you want to round up? For this or so, ask my wife what my response usually is. No, I do it through my church. I do it through my church. Now, I didn't tell you you can't give anywhere else. Did I tell you that? No. But the Bible said the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. You can't beat God's giving when you give it in good ground. Hallelujah.
I don't know. I feel like I need to do first things first. You got your pledge card? Can we hold our hands up? Whoever would like a card? Yeah, come on, ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do some money deliverance today. Money deliverance by faith. They're coming now. <clears throat> we don't plan this. I understand my dear brother. He told me as well. And he's been doing some teaching on hundredfold down there in Houston. You might want to listen to a message or two. Amen. Build your faith in this revelation. I know he preached it well the last time he was here. Amen. Uh, but, um, yeah, something good happening over here. Y'all have to tell me about it, man. Yeah, what God do for you, Seku? You talked about the hundred. Uh-huh. See? Isn't that crazy? That's off the hook. You, you, you bless $100 on Thursday. Amen. Lord gave him $1,000 today. How about that? That was a blessing. I'll take it, Seku. That's good stuff, Rhonda. Yeah. Yeah, man. God is a good God, Rhonda. He'll bless you. Things we didn't even know. Isn't that something? Yeah. What about pledging and sowing? I love that. You just blessed me with that. I didn't know that. Rhonda put it together. It's amazing. Me and Sekou was walking up to the, to the building, and he, he was just talking, and man, the spirit of goodness just got on me, and I just said, man, I'm just going to give you $1,000. But I didn't know what he had already done this week. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. What if you could just walk around, and you just want to just, now don't y'all try to walk with me after church, <laughs> but what if you could walk around? And, and you could just, you know what, girl, I'm just going to bless you. Lord, just put it on my heart to bless you. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. What you pledging? What you believing for? Brian, please play uh, soft but enriching music. Just, yeah. I'm going to lighten it up. I'm gonna... This is so good. So good. If you sow bountifully, what's going to happen? Now watch this kingdom principle. I'll have it all back by the end of the week. I just spoke it, and I won't miss it. Thank you, Lord. God is faithful. Oh, those are those big-time pastors that can do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what's so big-time about me. All I know is God is faithful, and this is not something he does for pastors. This is something he does for Christians. What's your pledge? What are you doing? When Brother Melvin tallies this up, y'all, we doing it the first Sunday in June during our anniversary. I want to see a whopper amount. Now, don't make a vow. You're writing stuff down. This is very important. You do stuff by faith. But listen to me now. It's better not to make a vow than to what? Make it and break it. I didn't tell you about anything that you're going to break, okay? But I'm talking about you're going to sow significantly by faith. And uh, you know God's going to replenish you. That's the bottom line. And we're going to do this all year round. And the offering that I'm going to receive now is not the capital campaign offering. It has nothing to do with it. This is in abundance. This is in abundance. I told you I'm going to give something that supersedes my suit. So minimally, this morning there, I got to give $1,500. All right? Minimally. All right? You want to add something to that by faith? You do whatever you want. 
But I'm, I'm saying that's what I got to give minimum. Okay? But we're we, we going to break some money curses, man. We're going to break some money problems. How, how do you break a money problem of, of selfishness and, and whatever the case may be? You start giving it away. You have a need, what do you do? So see. And we got to preach this. I know I do offering exhortations, but this is so rich, man. Who could stand another Sunday or two on stuff like this? Maybe some Thursday nights? I can. Oh, yeah, this would be good. Because, see, that's how you break that curse of poverty. That revelation alone on people giving out of their lack, that's worth $10 million right there. Pastor, how am I going to come up? I got a message online called Breaking the Back of Lack. You're going to have to do something that goes beyond you in a particular domain. But you not just do it, you do it by faith. I know Isaac sold by faith because he was in the land of famine. I know he did. All right? I know um, <clears throat> that the woman with the two mites sold by faith because that's all she had. Okay? All right? That's all she had. So this is important. All right? And speaking of famine, uh, there have been a few unctions here around some real prophetic people. One being my dear brother, Pastor Rondi. He, he had some insight on it recently, and, and, the, and some of the articles are backing it up. Uh, but you all go and stock up on your food again. They talk about food shortages and things of that nature. We kingdom people, right? We always ahead, right? Okay, so yeah, keep your cupboards where they need to be. And, and the, the word on that stuff is it will be short-lived. How many of you know that's accurate? Amen. Amen. So you won't feel it. But, uh, you know, keep your cupboards with the good dry goods and your freezer full of meats and things of that nature. And let's stay ahead of this culture. We have nothing to fear, do we not? Do we? I said we have nothing to fear, do we? Amen. But uh, that's, that's what you do in these times, okay? All right. So what are you pledging? What do you believe in God for? All right. What do you say you get a harvest that also sets you up to harvest? Okay. Get a harvest that's going to set you up to harvest by faith, by faith. We don't brag or boast. I told the married couple people, I said, I will at least give something in the capital campaign that can at least buy a new car for them. Just just at a, at a and I'm talking about a new one. All right. I will at least do that. All right. Minimally. All right. But what are you going to sow? All right. I'm going to give something today that supersedes something else I like. If I enjoy suits, I need to give something to God that is greater than what I enjoy. All right. And you do it by faith. And it just comes back in. Comes back in. I need to teach this more in my own church. It comes back in. All right. I'm not boasting. Everybody say, Pastor's not boasting. And when I blessed Brother Reese this morning, you know, I'm not boasting in that. So you shouldn't talk about when you give to people. You don't know the Bible. Faith technicality, you don't talk about almsgiving. But I'm going to get a gigantic harvest off of that. Huge. All right? And I'll have my seed back by the end of the week. Are you listening to me? It's a revelation. Right? We have peace, Rhonda. We have the peace of God. Now you go pay somebody's electric bill. Do you tell anybody? No. Not if you can help it. All right? Difference, you're raising an offering in church to help some young child go to college. You have no choice, right? Okay, but the technicality is, is you're not about embarrassing somebody who's in need. He's not in need. He's not in lack. That's, that's a totally different case. Okay? So get the technicalities on everything. I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll do what? Pour y'all blessings that you have 
You don't have room enough to receive. Who's ready for that? Oh, hallelujah. Let, let, let's do that. Did somebody shout about that right there by faith. I'm ready for no room blessings. I just, I can't take it all. Can't, can't take all of that. That's too much. Thank you, Lord. All right. So I might stay on this revelation or I might not. Whatever the Lord says. But do you understand the faith technicality of money? I hope you do. All right. Come on, let's uh, put our confession on the screen. If it works for Sean, it ought to work for me. Hallelujah. I'm happy for her, but God's no respected persons. I got it back here. You got it up here. Come on. Ready? Read. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in, and blessed going out. I'm blessed in the basket.